0: Listening to Speech Bubble, the podcast that goes one on one with Toronto's comic book luminaries, with your host, Aaron Broverman. fanboys and fangirls. Welcome to another episode of Speech Bubble. I am your host, Aaron Broverman. Uh, I don't know if you know, but Never Sleeps Network has been going through a bit of an expansion. This show, Speech Bubble, is also available now on Stitcher Radio and Google Play Music. Prior to this, we were only available on iTunes, so we've added uh, new ways to listen for you. Anyway, I want to get right into our show today. We have the director of a new film that's coming out very soon called Heroes Manufactured, and it's a documentary on uh, the independent comic scene uh, in Toronto. It features some of the people that we've had on the podcast before. Uh, you might remember our episode with Shane Kirschenblatt, our episode with Northguard creator Mark Shane Blum. There's a a lot of uh, people that are familiar to listeners of this podcast that are going to be on this documentary. And so we have the director in the house. His name is Yaron Baton. Yaron, it's an honor to have you in. You're the first comic-based filmmaker that we've had on the podcast. But before we get into sort of the documentary, I want to sort of trace your journey to making films about the comic scene. Um, where did you grow up? Uh, I'm actually uh, Toronto born and
1: grown here, but I, uh, I've i got an Israeli background. So, I mean, I, I always kind of divert to that. <laughs> mm. uh, yeah, you know, having having that Jewish Thornhill, Toronto uh, uh, background has always been kind of a, a thing for me and, and a bit of a North York boy myself now, uh, now and in the past. So, it's, it's a mix of North York and, and Thornhill for me over the last uh, probably Three decades now, so yeah.
0: (laughs) Well, how fitting, because we're recording this on uh, Rosh Hashanah, so Shana Tova. Shana Tova. (laughs) And uh, and yeah, this is awesome. So you grew up here in Toronto, and then how did you get interested in comics? Were you interested in comics before your film career? So
1: yeah, I've comic books, animation. That's always been something that I've wanted to since I was a kid just get into. Uh, I used to collect a number of comics. Wolverine was probably my ideal character, my icon, my go-to comic book as a kid growing up. I I mean, for for me, it was like that issue one that I believe was like the 1988 Wolverine cover where he stands over the bodies of a bunch of uh, Vietnam, you know, uh, uh, war veterans and whatnot. Like he's just, he's just as mean as it gets and to me that was like that's the iconic comic book that kind of got me in and character that got me into uh loving comic books loving story storytelling and uh just the creation of uh of of really telling a story because i I think for me and it's not it's not just wolverine there's other characters as well i mean over the years uh the x-men has always been a big thing for me uh when it comes to like the, the whole superhero genre but that kind of led me into filmmaking uh you know i i went into uh, i went to ocad uh for uh, about what was it like the five or six years that i was there uh a bit extended because i did at one point i I lived in la took some time off lived in la for about a year so i was in the the whole film distribution thing for a while uh there and i worked for dreamworks for about a year well half a year and then yeah, so I have a bit of a history with, with that. And uh, yeah, just like it, it, that's what kind of got me into the arts. The, the comic thing, animation. At one point in my life when I was younger, I wanted to get into like animation like really hard i, I was you know I was checking out sheridan college thought it would be a great school you know just because like everyone all the disney animators came out of there and i thought that might be a, a cool thing to look at but yeah i mean I, at one point or another i just realized i don't i don't want to sit out on a, at a desk myself like i love seeing people do it i i was inspired to draw and, and and create uh but i just couldn't see myself sit at a desk all day and and just draw it's just that's that's not me personally but I, I hands down admire the hell and the shit out of these people. Am I to say shit? I'm, I'm sorry. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Uh, so <laughs> I admire that it's something that I've always had a passion for and, and, it, you know, I still do doodle and draw. I actually started creating a bit of a comic uh, myself recently, um, which I'm not going to say much about, but it's something that I'm, I'm starting to work with one of the, uh, uh, companies that, that's featured in the film, Studio Comics. So I'm, we're looking at something potentially there in the, in the upcoming year or so. That will be my first kind of venture into comic book illustration and creation. Um, which I'm, I'm looking forward to. But with Heroes Manufactured, it's, uh, it's definitely a film that I feel personally, it's a personal passion and, just my love for Canadian artists for for Canadian talent uh, as well as American talent I mean it's uh, I, I feel like there's definitely a big you know connection for to us in America um, America Americans uh, and, and in terms of the illustrations in terms of the shows uh, we've obviously adapted and adopted a lot of that from from the US market but in our own style in our own fashion and it, it's funny because the one thing I've noticed, with Heroes Manufactured as a film a lot of times we were we we're going out asking questions like you know what's the difference between Canadian cons and American cons like, would, would you find a difference and a lot of times we get answers like that are oh no there's not much of a difference all the cons are the same and sometimes you would get people talking about a difference like Mark Shane Bloom who I know you you mentioned uh, was on your show uh, he actually he gave us a lot of insight into, into the differences between like Canadian culture uh, at these cons and, and how you can actually see it and, and you know really visualize it when you're when you're there and and w- w- when you leave these cons you, you understand there is a certain canadian presence and i i personally feel there's a strong connection to canada when you go out to comic cons which uh we, we've we explored uh, and not only toronto like we went to montreal ottawa uh, niagara falls so we we kind of got a good east coast uh picture of of, of everything in terms of like the comic con scene the montreal comic con ottawa comic con they, they were great shows for us as well and we learned a lot from there. So, yeah.
0: Awesome. So when you, like you you said right off the top that like comics sort of inspired you in the sense of how they tell a story to get into film and, and those sorts of things. So I wanted to get a sense of when you got into filmmaking, how did you, how did you start? Uh, so yeah, when I, when I got into filmmaking, I think it was
1: just I was like 16 years old. I was uh, I went to a school called Westmount Collegiate Institute. If, you, if anyone from Thornhill is listening, they and they know that school. It's, it's a big Jewish pothead school, which is awesome. But uh, when we were there, when I was there, I, I was part of like the Comtech thing there, and I I did an intern or a co-op program then at a company called Forefront Graphics, and I learned on my first editing suite. How to, how to literally uh, create images and, and, and spice them together on an editing suite, a nonlinear editing suite. To make a story and at first i was kind of screwing around with 3d studio max which is like a just a 3d animation program which i was you know playing around with animation then because i kind of liked it and it was the easiest way uh back in the 90s to start playing with with animated tools and and just creating something and, and actually seeing a visual you know made from that so i was i was creating like little cities and and you know learning how to really um modify and manipulate the images that i was creating there using photoshop and whatnot and then I uh, I slowly got into, uh, I, I, you know, we started doing some stuff with green screen shooting. And I realized like in that process, I think at one point we were, I was trying to compete with a much uh, video fact. I thought it would be a cool little project to do. And we, we created something really cool. Everyone loved it at, at school. And I was like, you know what? I'm really passionate about this. I like filmmaking. I like telling a story. It was like a short two, three minute clip, but that kind of helped me realize that this is what i want to do for for a living like i want to shoot i like the the hands-on aspect of, of filmmaking that grew into a career uh, which you know has been lasting me i would say for at least a good 15 16 years actually more now i'm 35 holy shit probably about 20 years now yeah so wow that's
0: awesome <laughs> yeah so, so what what brought you originally to la and working for dreamworks in those studios so yeah at that time i
1: was already about 25 so it was about 10 yeah 10 years ago and when i when I, I moved there I was I was just like I was in between college uh, I was about my second or third year from what I recall and I I had a friend who lived lived in LA at the time uh, he was at the New York Film School and he said hey if you want to come out you know for half a year take some time off of school just you know put it aside come back the year after or whatnot and uh Come live with me. So I was just like, yeah, he's a filmmaker as well. His name is Ben Goldenberg. Uh, he created a film. His first feature film was a, a nice little Jewish comedy, but also had some other things. It was called From Wimp to Pimp. So that was kind of my first indulgement into the feature film world. And it was a it was like a B comedy type thing. Uh, I helped him get it distributed. I saw so at that point i decided to yeah just take take my chance move with move in with him i was working as a, as a movie extra uh that year so i was saving up some money so i could move out to la for a bit and i had a girlfriend here at the time who i ended up marrying and uh so that was that, that's why that only lasted really for about half a year but i was there and cuz you moved back here to marry her yeah yeah so i moved back we were i i didn't see myself uh, living in LA, uh, for the long haul. I, I love the city. I would have wanted to, but I kind of, I realized that there were a lot of dreamers there that wanted to break into the industry and there were other ways to break into the industry. It wasn't, it wasn't my priority to just be in LA. It, my priority was to, to make sense of what i wanted to do uh when whether i was here or there it doesn't really matter to me I, I as long as i know how to do it and what i want to do i can do it and so that's when when i decided i lived there i, I worked for dreamworks uh I, at the time i was doing mostly like some digital marketing and digital advertising and i learned a bit about the distribution side of things because we were setting up some uh connections with uh with with Theater vendors at the time and helping them distribute uh, films into into specific cinemas. Um, I mean, this was, this was like, yeah, 10 years ago now. So I'm not even trying to remember some of the theaters that we were dealing with. But a lot of them, like, you know, the AMCs in the US, uh, a lot of theaters in the, in the UK. And at the time we were working with a film called Over the Hedge, which was a DreamWorks
0: animation picture. Yeah. With the, it had like hedgehogs yeah, and like, uh, exactly. Backyard animals, yeah, it, like,
1: it was like, it was like a little, you know, an, animated, CG animated, uh, animal film for kids. Right. And, uh, that and Transformers, the, f- the first one that came out, at the time we were really helping uh just getting those uh sold off uh to to specific um uh theater vendors that that were looking for uh for reels of the film uh, and and a lot of times the business came to us we didn't even look for it, so we were just uh re- really just helping uh, facilitate that for them online because there wasn't much of a network that people were still building websites and th- that was a time you know 10 years ago it's crazy how it's, 10 years really isn't that much time if you think about it but technology's advanced that much that now everything's just you know customized automated and and, and that's how things work online but that was kind of my experience with dreamworks and that was cool and and uh, they laid off a lot of us at the time because we were still interns. We weren't insured under their program. So they actually ended up getting me another job at a at another distribution company six months in uh, called Echelon Studios. Uh, and they were a, a, a small B a, a distributor and, and production company. So I got some experience with them as well, which was nice for, for about three, four months there as well. So it was almost a full year in, uh, in, in LA. It was between six, it was a while back. It was like six to eight months ish, uh, back and forth. So, cause I, I did travel back and forth a bit in between. Uh, but yeah, it was, a, it was a great time. Enjoyed the hell out of it. And, uh, yeah, I mean, I highly recommend any filmmaker to at least you know, attempt to go out to LA, whether it's for a year or so, just to see if that's that's their calling, right? And for me, it just wasn't, but uh, it, it helped open a doorway into into the, the things that I like and, and the things that I wanted to, to get into, uh, which is partially the, the business aspect of it, but also the production of it. Because when I came back, I actually started my own business for five years at an office at uh, at Queen and Spadina. Uh, We ran it under White Knight Studios. Uh, Concept Media Arts was like the umbrella company for a few divisions. We did some corporate videos and uh, we also ran a film festival through that. So there's a lot of things that I did just in in the cinema world for a few years. And uh, all that really did start from comics and drawing. I mean, I, I find that it was like comics and animation for me It was kind of a mix of the both. Uh, you know, now I'm, I'm, I've created a documentary about comic book artists and, and comic cons, which is something that I, I've, I've more recently in the last three years I've, I've been involved with. Uh, but I, I knew a lot of the people behind the scene, uh, like Shane Christian Blad, who's uh, uh, he's he's actually a friend from high school. I knew him back at Vaughn Secondary School, which is a school I I went to just before going to Westmount. So, you know, the, it's funny how connections you reconnect with people uh, years later, but probably for the right reasons and who knows the the way the world works is, is kind of funny in its own, its its own way. But uh, yeah, I mean, I've connected and reconnected with people uh, over the years that uh, are all of a sudden, you know, comic book artists or, or filmmakers or producers or actors. And it's, it's such a cool thing just to be part of that community here in Toronto. So
0: nice. What did you learn about the distribution aspect of filmmaking and did that help you to get your film that you're making now, Heroes Manufactured, uh, shopped around a little bit easier. Yeah, I, I definitely, definitely
1: helped. I'm still like, yeah, a lot of like, we, we, have a potential Netflix deal right now with with Heroes Manufactured, which is, you know, I don't want to say it's for sure, but we, we got some interest from them and. Once we, we we put it out there, we're gonna see what what's gonna happen because uh, there's a couple of, of companies that we're dealing with, uh, Distributor.com, uh, Kino Nation. where we're still looking at a couple of different you know options with regards to where we're we're placing this online. Uh, I know Amazon's got like a video on demand type of service
0: that's been quite strong. Yeah, uh, their Prime service is only available in the U.S. right now, like Hulu. Yeah, but yep. Uh, maybe it could come to Canada at some point.
1: Well, yeah. So there's there's some options there, and and we're with without a box through the festival that I, I run uh, it's called Cineview Film Festival we have a, part two it was called uh, moving image film festivals like another division really that was the one I ran for about five years and Cineview was kind of like a, a three-year annual event that we did it was more of an awards a one or two night type of event and uh, yeah I, I decided to bring actually that one back whereas moving image was kind of, hasn't really done much for the last few years and I don't know why I just did. I just decided to go with a smaller event. I just think it's, it made more sense for us to go uh, for, for like a two-day event versus like a three, four-day event. So Easier these film
0: festivals, they were like independently run by you and your team yeah. of people. What kind of films did you show? Uh, we, mostly uh, independent
1: uh, films. We a mix up between art house, experimental, and genre filmmaking. reason being, and, and the whole idea behind Moving Image Film Festival at the time was to bring a clash of genres together and to see where, where that clash You know, we'll we'll end up you know just getting people talking, getting the community out and and discussing you know the the different types of films they were watching, Uh, whether they were like experimental art house type of you know dramas versus you know a like a a, a gritty horror thriller or action comedy, even superhero films. We had I remember we had a showcase called Heroes versus Villains Showcase. That was that specific showcase. Then we had the Moving Image Showcase, which was a showcase based on you know experimental. you know, experimental uh, art film uh, that, that also played with, with music. And we, we even had a, I remember we had a mutant, there was a showcase called Musica, which was like, you know, all music orientated. So uh, there was a nice selection uh, and mix of genres. And that's what that festival was about where Cineview was more tailored towards an, a, an award ceremony and, uh, this year with, with Cineview, uh, we've got like a pretty big lineup. I mean, I'm just looking here at our flyer. Uh, uh e- even the way that we've structured this, we've, you know, we have a horror film the same night that we're playing Heroes Manufactured. It's the haunted, it's the haunted house of Kirby Road. So the director there, Adam Rodness, is, uh, another friend of mine from, from that high school Westmount that we're talking about. Found out years later, he's he, I always knew he was an actor. Uh, he's an actor member, so am I. I'm. I, as an extra, I got into actor years ago, so that, that also helped me get into the, into the industry. And, um, then I have, you know, I also have a, like a, a political, uh, war type film called My Home by a known, uh, Canadian director, uh, Igal Hecht. And then our second night, October 15th, we've got, uh, uh, another film here called The Saving Saving Dreams and we've got a number of short films, Chasing Valentine so there, there's a bunch of, of really great films to come out and check them out There, it's going to be October 14th and the 15th, I highly recommend if you're interested in uh, you know, in in short films, feature films, there's a ton of great stuff. Uh, or, or you know, we've got a, on our opening night, we're gonna have a, at seven o'clock a short film showcase uh, for our our film uh, Heroes Manufacture. We're, we're it's an exclusive engagement. Uh, it's been actually sold out. Uh, so so that's, congratulations, yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, we're we're about hundred seats almost there, so that's yeah. <laughs> we we had a few guests there as well, so that that added to it. But uh definitely, uh, it'll be a, a big night for us just to to get that kind of exposure. And, uh, yeah, we've got a number of other great films. Like, like I said, a universal language that's going to be on the, on the 15th at a place called Track Nine. Uh, so definitely check out the address. That's at, uh, 358 Dufferin Street. So track9.com is definitely, a, a, you know, they can check out the website, what they're about. Nice. Uh, they're kind of an incubator for, uh, uh for businesses, entrepreneurs and things like that so that they're featuring our films there and then Saving Dreams and other great film that's going to be shown that night as well as Chasing Valentine. So uh you know and these are these like Chasing Valentine's is, is it's kind of a romantic comedy with a bit of a, a thriller uh and Saving Dreams is is a uh, more of a drama borderline art house but definitely it, I would say more more drama in that sense. Some great, you know, some great films. So if you want to come out and see something cool, you know, October 14th and October 15th, check out our website, cineviewfilmfestival.com and everything's there. The schedule's up and you can buy tickets right off the site. So.
0: Nice, nice. And like your other venue is the Carlton Cinema, right? Yeah, Carlton Cinema. So yeah, if anyone knows the Carlton, which
1: most most Torontonians know. Yeah. Uh, it's 20 Carlton Street. Yeah, just at the uh, College and,
0: and uh, Young Street area there. That's awesome. In terms of... Uh, you said that it was more to do with awards. What awards are you, are you are you giving out? So yeah, I mean we we've uh, I've, I have a team of people that I work with, uh, a production
1: company called Key West Video. They they've helped out with some of the awards. We're we're gonna help uh, you know students as well as any any uh, the directors or producers shoot their own projects uh after so I mean I used to own a couple of red cams back in the day. Uh so so we, we help with a bit of that. You know, there's some small prizes there with that. Uh there's been some software prizes as well that well, you know, for filmmakers that they can use. For this specific event, we also have a trip to LA, so to the American film market, uh which that that we've been running for the last few years. Uh, and it's been a great prize for anyone to win because they get to, to kind of experience the film market. And that's something that Toronto doesn't really have. It's something I'd like to build in Toronto. I've actually been talking to, uh, one of the, uh, 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 interviewees in, in the film, uh, Studio Comics is a, is a guy by the name of Alfonso Espinos. And he's, uh, he runs the Cambridge Comic Arts Festival. So, I was looking to possibly run something with him in Toronto in the next year and maybe getting a couple of other collaborators uh, in on that. But, you know, right now it's just, they're just all ideas. Like, you know, we'll see if we'll do it. We'll see how it goes and what's the profitability
0: of that and all that. So, yeah. Right. You mentioned the film market in the States. Like, you know a little bit about that because you've been on the distribution side. What is that like? Can you paint a picture for our Canadian uh, listeners? Of course. It's it's actually quite like a,
1: like a comic con in many ways. And the only major differences there is that it's not as fan orientated, but it's more, I, I mean, there's probably fans there. You just won't really see it. They're usually men in suits and women in suits just coming in, trying to, uh, trying to sell their films. To other distributors, other buyers, broadcasters who typically need that kind of media. So in that sense, it's very similar because you're, you're selling a product just like you are a comic book, right? There's no, no major difference at the end of the day in, in that regard. I mean, um, it's, it's just who you're, who your buyers, you know, there's a buyer, there's a seller and you have to just target that audience, I think. And that, that's, that's the main difference. And I, I feel like there's definitely a combination between, the two worlds because Comic Cons and the film market. I mean, I've seen a ton of filmmakers at Fan Expo or at Toronto Comic Con and even in Montreal. Uh, where they're just trying to sell their dvds and we're doing the same now like i was at hamilton i just came back from hamilton comic-con on saturday and uh, that was a great event i was there i was there just for the saturday but uh, studio comics is uh, uh it put up a nice poster for us there and uh we're just getting some awareness for the film right now so you know giving out some flyers helping them sell some comics and uh creating that awareness uh, within the community in Toronto and
0: outside of Toronto. So That's awesome. I, it's really great. Yeah. So let's get into Heroes Manufactured. Yeah. Um, how did you come up with the idea for Heroes Manufactured? So with Heroes, that, it's, it's the funniest thing because I was, I was actually thinking about this earlier too. And
1: it's like, I come up with films and film concepts in the weirdest way. It's almost ass backwards. <laughs> and and I, li- I like to think of it that way because... Uh, everyone else says, Oh, you got to start with a story or an idea or this or that. I, I typically go on a concept. Uh, with my concept, I like to visualize like a poster in my head, something that I want to go see in a film, you know, in a, in a theater or in a cinema or, or, or on TV or on Netflix, whatever it is. But I got to see, I got to visually see that poster in my head. So I, I had this concept and, and it started with the title. I just, I like the title Heroes Manufactured. I thought it was, you know, the, the whole concept behind, us as as people manufacturing comics, comic books, and and heroes, and superheroes and villains and everything and and I just thought that 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 concept how could that be worked into an actual story and into a feature film and and what kind of feature film will that be, and and the first thing that came to mind was a was a documentary because the best way to tell a story about us as people creating, you know, comic book artists was through a, through a documentary. And, um, I just found that, uh, that, you know, focusing on, on Canada was something that I was passionate about. It's, you know, I I always thought we have a strong community here, a strong culture and a scene. And that's, that's, that's kind of how the, the starting of Heroes Manufactured, you know, came about. And we started with, with Fan Expo last year, 2015, and uh, I decided then and there that we're gonna ha- we're gonna create more. You know, I was with another uh, film producer and and, and co-creator, uh, a guy by the name of Zavosh Zaboyan, uh, a partner of mine that, through other films that we've worked on uh, uh, through my office. Um, and yeah, he's, uh, he's been a huge part of this an investor as well. Uh, studio comics also came on board to invest as well as Key West video productions. So they're, they do corporate videos, uh, up in the Dufferin Steels area in Toronto. And they helped, uh, shoot the film for us. They helped, uh, with, in terms of resources, they, they provide us with all the major resources for the film. They came out with cameras almost on every single shoot. The odd shoot here, there, where I, I had to bring out my own camera equipment, uh, uh, I mean, we, we were ready for that. So we we always had two crews uh, at every event. Well, I'd say at most of the events that we shot. So out of 10 or 11 uh, shows that we went to over, over the course of a year, they were there probably about eight or nine of them. So it was pretty strong having them there.
0: Right. And there have been other documentaries in Canada about the comic scene. One other one that comes to mind is Lost Heroes, which focuses on uh, Canadian superheroes. Um, how did you decide what aspect of the comic scene you were going to focus on. Yours is very from the trailer, it's very local. It's very Toronto centric as far as I know, uh, just from the trailer in, in terms of the people that you feature and that sort of thing. So how did you decide? I mean, l- like you acknowledge it's a big scene. How did you as- decide what aspect of the scene that would be part of your documentary? So what, in the final documentary, just to let you guys know, like it, there is more than just the Toronto
1: artists that we feature. We do Feature a, a guy by the name of Latif from Xyle, which is a Montreal based comic book. Uh, however, uh, we definitely featured uh, a our main, our core team in Toronto, because that's obviously where we're from. Mm-hmm. And it was the easiest, uh, easiest for us to access in terms of, uh, getting to know and get, getting familiar with many of these, these artists in, in Toronto, who actually do travel to many parts of Canada. And, and we figured by traveling with them and following their story, uh, we'll be able to see other artists in Canada, see, see their challenges, try and understand, uh, the, their take on, on comic book creation as independent artists. So uh, for us, it was always. Uh, I mean, I even when I looked at, I knew what I knew about Lost Heroes a couple of years back. I remember seeing the the poster, and I think it was Telefilm Canada was involved, if not them, there, there was definitely either the OMDC the Media Corporation was able to uh, facilitate some some funding for them. I, I definitely investigated that before even starting our film, and I found that there that that specific film, great film, by the way was, was, the, their core was really focusing on the, uh, on the Canadian history of, of comics. Right. And not so much the independent artists. So we have that take of, of the Canadian history, more of an introduction to our film, just so, so our audience is aware of, of, of that aspect but uh we wanted to explore the artist a little bit more so we you know we start off with richard calmly as, as someone that we, we 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 discuss in the film creator um, of captain canuck yeah for those creator who of don't Cap- know. captain canuck as we all know and and uh, just an amazing guy uh, all around and uh we spoke to also fatty hakim from chapter house comics a great guy as well and just getting a little bit of that, of that history to start the film off uh you know as knowledge i think anyone really wants to know about when when they when they want to learn about Canadian comic book artists. Right. But then we, we go into uh, their stories, their life stories. So a lot of these artists, like day-to-day story with how they, you know, how they, they come about creating when they have other things to deal with, like paying bills and, and you know, family life. So there's, there's quite a bit of, of that going on. And uh, we're trying to encompass more than just one story to, to keep it interesting. Uh, you know, it's the it, 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 I can say that there's it's definitely not stale in any way, uh, and also the you're, we're showing the Comic Con life from every event. I mean, there's probably going to be a good minute, a minute intro per event that we go to, uh, just in the documentary. So you know, in Toronto, you're going to see uh, some of the celebs that come out, some of the cosplayers that come out, the different events that are that are there. So and you know, some of the celeb Q and As as well that were were just important for us. Like I, I, we have featured, uh, we have Stan Lee featured right now in it, uh, Kevin Smith. Um, and a number of other artists as well. I mean, the, na- the list goes on, but, you know, it might be like a few seconds here or there versus like a good segment where there was something important that we, we used in the, in the film. So, yeah, I mean, it's it, there, there's a lot of good content there and it's shaped to actually have an arc in, in terms of the, the storyline. So there's there's you know, there's, uh, there's there's some interesting aspects to it. And there's you know, there's a good beginning, middle and end to the film. So.
0: And you wanted to cover the Comic Con life of the artist specifically, right? Well,
1: yeah, the Comic Con artist uh, part of the, part of the artist is is probably the biggest part of what we're trying to cover in the film. But we do also go into their own personal life, so we're we're kind of taken between their personal life to the Comic Con, and it, it's quite interesting because it shows you that that dynamic uh, in their life of of having the it's, it's almost like having a second life if you think about it. You got your family life at home, wife and kids, and then you know, and that that's the cat that's one example with like Andy from AH Comics. Uh, if you guys are aware of him, a great artist, but he's, you know, he he works with Shane Christian Blatt uh I believe on the Niagara project, which is Yeah, yeah. One, uh, one Shane the, did
0: the cover for that, I think. For, yeah. And he uh Alternate History Comics publishes uh Moonshot, which yeah, is the Moonshot, anthology which, of uh, native uh, Canadian
1: storytellers. And, yeah, and, um, and and Andy talks quite a bit about that I think they just recently uh, uh matched their their Kickstarter they They, they earned about $65,000. Yeah, for the the volume two of moonshot volume two yeah which is incredible and uh i mean that's what these guys are doing it's, it's unbelievable the fact that these artists can earn an audience it's not even the money it's the audience the fact that like to me when i look at, at that i look at they that guy has an audience of people who, are, who love his work that's just fucking cool like him or ty templeton which is a big part of our film as well as local artists many people know him
0: obviously yeah Ty uh, Templeton is one of the mainstream artists that you feature in terms yeah. of he's worked for Marvel and DC and those sorts of yeah companies. I mean on our
1: poster if you look on our website alone at heroes you'll see like uh, it's pretty much all of them Ty actually made our poster so we got him to uh, uh, put that together it's it's after Gil, uh, Gil Kane so uh, you know it's mocked from that uh, uh, that, that giant size X-Men I always, it was always a big thing for me because like I said I'm a big X-Men Wolverine fan so right. yeah and it, it's funny we we have Shane on there, Alfonso Tai, Megan Carter, great local artists, and, and so we even have a segment that we're featuring female artists because we feel like that that's something that's not even discussed in a lot of uh, a lot of comic book films. I think we're one of the only ones that are that are doing it in a way where we're actually discussing females in comics, which. You know, I wish we, it was hard for us to find, uh, women to talk to at, at the cons. And how I, so? Like, as much as, as, you know, like TCAF, for example, you'll, you'll find, I find more female artists there versus the comic cons, like the big, the big events. And it's, I, I did yeah. you find out why? Uh, I, I just think it's still a very male centric industry, right? Like, like filmmaking, like many other industries. It's still a very male-centric industry. And there's nothing you can really do about it until we start seeing some change. And that's just my take on it because that, like, I found it personally was hard. We had to do research. We had to find out. Shane actually helped us uh, meet Megan and uh, the people behind um, the comic book embassy. He, he mentioned them to us. And then Ty put us in touch with them as well because they're right across the hall from him. So that helped. Uh, I, I find it unique because I think it's it's just... It's it's a weird scenario that that that's out there, and as much as we we know that there's females creating comic books, you know there's women in comics, it's still not a strong scene, and it, there still needs to be more of a push for that. Like I, I can almost guarantee you that the artists that are doing this full time in Toronto, uh, Ty explains it in the film. I can almost guarantee you that uh, women are not a majority there. And there are a few women. I think Megan Carter is one of them that we discussed in the film uh, quite a bit, as well as uh, uh, Megan Kearney, Kearney or, uh, and she she kind of also has her take on it. But uh, they're doing it out of passion, and 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 you know maybe maybe it's also uh, uh, you know lifestyle today because you know you know having kids is, is another aspect. So maybe that's a big part of you know career whether someone wants to. To have kids or not mm-hmm. that could be an aspect as well i mean it, who knows really at the end of the day but it's uh something definitely worth investigating which i feel we did uh to a certain aspect in our film i wish we could have done more with it and th- there will be an extended version of this film so i'm hoping to include more of that in there and more more of other scenes as well that are, are just interesting and, and interesting to watch if, if you're part of that scene so
0: Right, right. As a fan, because you obviously got into this because you you went to the conventions as a fan. And yeah, that sort I, of I've thing. discovered I'm a fan now, right? Right. which is is so weird for me because I never realized
1: that. But I, I yeah, I, I'm as I'm as a fan as anyone
0: else is. So. Right, right. So, so having gone to conventions as a kid and like getting into comics just because you liked comics. Well, I never went to conventions as a kid. Oh, you so, didn't? No,
1: no. So the thing is with me, I just used to go to the local flea market to buy okay. comics. But... I got into I, my first Comic Con was actually only recently was in 2014. Right, so really Comic Cons are a new thing for me. Okay, I, I you know I watched the I remember watching um was it the uh, Comic Con film? A Fans hope thought it was a great film that got me interested definitely uh, into the whole Comic Con scene. But yeah, the the the, the Comic Con phenomena is is a pretty new to me in that sense. But the artists and the comic books and the art that that, that just comes out of there, uh, that's familiar grounds. And I, I've always been a part of that. I've always been an, a fan
0: of that since day one. So, because I was gonna say, like, you get a really unique perspective as a filmmaker seeing that from the artist's perspective, because yeah. you go around to like their hotels and doing doing that kind doing yeah. that kind of thing, right? And a lot of fans go to go to comic conventions, but they don't get. Sort of a flavor of what a comic convention is like behind the scenes of for course, the guests, yeah. for the for the artists. I kind of um, got
1: to see both sides, which is cool. I mean, when I look back at this, probably when I'm like you know, like you know, 80 years from now, or God knows, I'm hoping I live that long. But <laughs> I'll look back and I'll say. Man, this was this was cool. That was a cool part of my life. That was something I got to experience firsthand, and be a part of those lives, but be a part of those people's day to day. And you know, I got to even help them out. Like like I said, I just recently helped out Alfonso at at, uh, at the Hamilton Comic Con, or you know, you know, I interviewed Shane at his house. <laughs> you know, I, went, I came over, and got to meet him, got to see what his life was like uh, at home. Uh, same with Andy, you know, with his wife and kid, it, 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 and it's it's two kids. Actually actually sorry and uh yeah it's 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 fucking cool like it's really really cool and i liked uh just every aspect same with alfonso same thing like we we went there went to comic book embassy and uh, got to see how artists work firsthand in their studio space and even ty templeton we we interviewed him teaching people you know like we we got him right there like like instructing a class of of young artists young illustrators young canadian illustrators and there was like 10 of them or Ten or twelve of them there, like they, they were creating, and it was just cool to see that. Like that's part of heroes manufactured. It's it's artists learning how to create heroes. Our artists learning how to create art, and 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 to me, the real heroes are the artists. Like that's something that's just so cool. Like I th- I find that a guy like Shane, and then that's why like our poster. If you look at it, it's literally it's all the artists. They're they they are their own heroes. That's something I think that no one's ever really thought about that that irony, you know, behind it. But uh, I I see it. I actually do see it. I see it with every single one of the artists we've interviewed in the film. I feel like it. Uh, this film, I, I, I'm thinking. I have a feeling it's just going to open a lot of doors for, for me as an individual. I think it uh, it helped me tell a story in, in in a way that encompasses a team of artists uh, in their in their own unique individual. Individuality, uh, but also, uh, and I don't like to use the word collectively. <laughs> I just I have a my own philosophy. But they definitely work well together uh, in collaboration, uh, in and out of the, in and out of the film. I mean, you might be able to see some of it more in the extended version, but in in a way where you really get to understand that community, and that that I find was unique and. Uh, my my perspective on these artists and the industry is that there's there, there's more to it. Obviously, out there, there's always something more I can learn. But I feel like like I learned the story of these people's lives. And I learned how to tell it in the in the best way possible. And as a business, I, I learned a lot too. Like there's definitely uh, a lot of knowledge that I picked up on, you know, within storytelling, but not just storytelling. A lot of storytelling, uh, I kind of knew from before whether it was because I used to create my own storyboards for films I worked on in the past. So, you know, uh, knowing knowing how to tell a story, you know, from A to B to Z or whatever it is, you know, if, if you understand story, it's all the same, but it's... Uh, for me, it was definitely uh, getting to know these people, getting to know the industry a little bit tighter to see how something can be created and, and in a different, you know, a different fashion uh, from
0: film. So, right. Yeah. And you mentioned a couple of times how unique the the Toronto scene and community is, yeah. the, the Canadian scene and community what are sort of the aspects of it that are that are uniquely Canadian? Because you mentioned to me off the top before we started recording that you thought that there's definitely something distinctly Canadian about about the community. Uh, what do you think that is? Yeah. So I mean. I, I think it's a liking to, uh,
1: you know, there's a certain national uh, national aspect to it all, like nationalism being seen in Canada, whether it's in, in Toronto, Comic-Con, Fan Expo, or in Montreal, uh, definitely that nationalism, uh, then that nationalist side of, of, of things can definitely be seen. And I would say Chapter House is definitely a big part of that here in Canada um richard calmly you know like like i said like the the creator of captain connect like you said actually yeah really those that that aspect even mark Shane Bloom. i mean the discussion he had with us about northgard about bringing his jewish heritage into his comics and that's a huge part of of uh multiculturalism that that exists in canada and is seen in in the books that we're creating in the stories that we're creating and I think that aspect is definitely there. I would definitely say um, there is a a nationalist theme that's seen in in these Canadian comic cons. And a lot of it has to do with patriotism that that, that can be seen in the art. I mean, if you look at... Captain Canuck, I, I as a character, you can't get more patriotic than him and Captain America, right? Like it's right. The, 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 the the exact opposite of, of Captain Canuck, but it's that same motivation I find that Richard calmly used when he first created him that can now be seen at these comic cons, and it's it's so cool. And there's there's young guys who are into like into Captain Canuck, and you're like, they, they you know, my my daughter doesn't know who Captain Canuck is she likes My Little Ponies, but. Now I'm, you know, I'm gonna hopefully shed a little light in, into their eyes about who these people are, and,
0: and that's kind of a recent development. I mean, Mark Shaneblum and Richard Conley were around in the in the late '70s and the '80s and that sort of thing, but they were sort of out on their own, like they yeah. were sort of islands, and they didn't really have the distribution mechanisms that we have now with the internet. Mm-hmm. And I mean, but with Chapter House, that's a recent development, bringing yeah. all of these distinctly nationalistic, distinctly patriotic, distinctly Canadian characters together in a way that had never been seen before
1: yeah and I definitely agree with you like there's there's no doubt about it for a second I think what Fatty Hakeem did was really interesting because he he started I mean from from what I recall his story and, and this is in the documentary uh, this this part will be making most likely the documentary because uh, we're still actually in a bit of finishing touch-ups uh, with the editing but he did he started with a restaurant you know, he, he had a sandwich he called it the Captain Canuck sandwich or, or hero sandwich whatever the hell it was and that's how he got in touch like so I think he he's like you know i'll get in touch with these guys and uh, i think someone saw it or noticed it and he ended up re you know reprising everything that 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 he started like with uh captain canuck and like that that richard calmly and he got in touch with richard calmly someone told him yeah you should talk to richard he's he's a great guy he's easy to talk to he'll tell you what to do and you know he just started that and then and he it blew up right. literally literally blew up in the last few years and it's I mean, I, I was uh, invited. Unfortunately, I couldn't make it out at uh, Niagara. The Niagara Comic Con they had like a, uh, I think it was like a sixty or I don't know how many years it was, but not sixty years. But it was probably like twenty year anniversary or twenty fifth anniversary for Captain Canuck or whatever it was. But they they had a party there uh, at Big B Comics uh, in Hamilton. or Sorry, Niagara. That was them celebrating that. And I, I remember walking into B, Big B Comics. Uh, I went with my wife one, uh, for one weekend uh, to Niagara Falls. And I was like, yeah, let's go check out this comic book store. It's really cool. I walked into Big B and I was like, uh, wait, there's this whole section here dedicated to Captain Canuck. This is fucking cool. Like... You know, what other comic book store in Toronto does that? Like you know, they have their Captain Canuck and their Canadian content. Like Silver Snail definitely has their their you know, their their wall for independent Canadian local artists, which yeah. is is cool as hell. But you don't see that kind of passion. You don't see that kind of patriotism for Canada. And, and seeing that in Iger Falls, which is like, you know, a border city, like, <laughs> man, those guys are fucking patriots. Like they're as, they're as patriotic as it gets. And I get it. Maybe it's that whole like Laura Secord <laughs> thing, uh, coming down the road years later, but it's, it's cool to see that. And, and, uh, yeah, it's uh, like, you know, it's an omen to what they do. So it's, it's pretty cool that's awesome do you have you been to american conventions i uh, i've been to uh, a few small ones there was a detroit one uh it was last year that i went to it. it was it was cool but to me that's the same thing like i i like when people say comic cons are all the same and all the same and i've had people say that left and right to me the american side of things is very much the same i i, I mean i'm sure every state has their own unique little twist to it but America is America it's a big mass (laughs) of of everything and people like they're they're into the Marvel DC and that's it that's the core right right and some I you know I think some cities may have their own kind of like you know Detroit had their like whole Motor City theme to it right uh but uh, and so that that's unique in its own way but I I think Canada's got a more unique and even Canadian cities have their own unique thing I mean if you look at Montreal Comic-Con they've got some French comic co- comics there French comic book artists versus Toronto which you know explores some of that but not as much as it does there and I remember meeting a lot more uh, French Canadian comic book artists uh, and you know the French have a history with comic art that, that we don't have like you know it's a completely different type of it's very Eurocentric very uh, um, uh, very European influenced and and uh, not only European influenced but it's, it, they've, they've got like
0: a whole other way of telling stories that we don't so right that's amazing that's cool so with Heroes Manufactured you mentioned that you're still kind of editing it what is left to do with Heroes Manufactured? For us mostly it's just polishing so right now there's a you know we might
1: might cut out a small scene here there this screening's on the 14th so it's uh about a week and a half from now yeah october fourteenth. october 14th yeah Yeah. and so with that being said there's uh yeah there's a bit of polishing that we're doing we're just yeah mostly just splicing some some last minute details a bit of the credits things like that maybe maybe adding uh, you know an undertone track to it fixing up some audio so there's a bit of that and, you know, small, small minor details that we're, we're putting together. But like I said, this is going to be the first, like, kind of theatrical edit. It's, uh, a 70 to 75 minute cut. We, we've got about 70 minutes right now locked with the credits and everything else that's rolling. It's going to be closer to 75 minutes, you know, intros and whatnot. And that, you know, I've got some, I've got an editor who's just amazing. He works for CBC. So he's, he's produced some really cool things with like Kid Koala, local Toronto DJ. He's done some other local events and, uh, He's just doing an incredible job with the edit right now. Who's your editor? Uh, his name is uh, Marco uh, and. I hope I don't mispronounce his last name, but it's Libertari, uh, Liberti. So, okay. um, <laughs> yeah, it's just, I only met him about a month ago. So, uh, but, but I was recommended and, uh, I saw his portfolio, just amazing work this guy's produced. And he, he he's done some stuff for CBC, both online and, and for their segments. So, you know, having a Canadian that, like he's, he's an Italian born Canadian. So who understands Canadian content well. I, I really admired that, and I admired the fact that it's you know it's someone who who's not from here, but he understands what Canadian Canadian patriotism is and Canadian nationalism, which you know a lot of a lot of countries and a lot of people think we don't really have much of a culture because we're so multicultural. Uh, this guy sees it and, and he he's quite adamantly editing it in a way where it's he's making that evident in the story and he's selecting certain clips that really heighten that experience for
0: for our audience so I think that's going to be really cool. Wow that's awesome I mean it brings to mind I think of what we're discussing we're talking we're talking about mas- nationalism but we're also talking about like multiculturalism and then how that sort of defines Canadian, Canadian nationalism as well. Yeah, I feel like if anything, multiculturalism in Canada, uh,
1: it actually helps our, our, uh, it really helps our culture, uh, understand uh, what our, our national perspective is in the world. I mean, I personally am not a fan of Justin Trudeau. Right. <laughs> I'll say that right now. But I will say that some of, some of what he does as, uh, as a politician, as a leader, uh, is definitely positive, too. Uh, and uh, I'm not necessarily a Harper fan either. I'm I'm kind of neutral when it comes to politicians. I just... I think they're all idiots, personally. <laughs> right. And, and uh, uh, it's just like Trump and Hillary. You know, you, you can't really pick and choose which one's worse than the other right. they're just both idiots so and my, my personal perspective on politicians is just like uh, it, really they're the ones causing all the problems more than anybody right. people are want to live as people and live in their own you know civilized manner uh, sure shit hits the fan every so often but you know we, we want to just li- live and coexist together and, and I think Canadians know that and I think multiculturalism knows that right. here in Canada and, yeah. and, and it's weird to say to use it you know in that context but people canadians whether you're from afghanistan uh, israel italy you know cuba wherever it is we understand how to coexist here mm. whereas in you know in the u.s uh, i find that the, that a lot of the times and it's not like they're not aware of it because you know I've, i was in buffalo recently and, and americans are aware of their their issues uh so they're not they're not completely out of it but uh, I find that the, the government definitely helps stir things up in a way that's not healthy and there are groups and, and cliques there that are, are you know causing more problems than they should you know in Canada for example if you look at like Black Lives Matter yes there's uh, you know it's it's something that's uh, th- that's politically spoken about here you know awareness is made well there is Black Lives Matter Toronto yeah that and, is a thing yeah mind you I I personally just I'm, I'm against collectivism whatsoever I've right, in whatever right. shape or form, so I'm anti BLM, but I'm anti many other groups as well. Yeah, and I just think uh, you know we're people. We need to live together. We need to coexist together, and that's the bottom line. Like whether you like it or not, I don't care if you're black, Hindu, Jew. Uh, we're, we're we're in it together. You right. know, if not, we're fucked. So let's just <laughs> let's be honest and you know kind of accept that. And and I think comic books. And and I think a film like ours actually shows that it, it, people, whether you know, everyone here is from a different. Uh, you know, one of our lead stories here, he's a Mexican Canadian. He was born in Mexico, came to Canada. Alfonso Espinos from Studio Comics, and, and we explore a story with him. He's he's probably got the biggest arc out of most of the characters shown in the film. Right, it's because we had more time with him. But he is a Mexican-born Canadian who who learned about. Uh, about canada but you know but he's living the canadian dream we always talk about the american dream but nobody ever talks about canada so what is the canadian dream and uh, from his perspective well for for alfonso for example i i find that it's he got to be be part of a community that i don't think many american artists get to be a part of and i think that cultural community is is Definitely the probably the biggest aspect of his life that I found in the film, uh, and, and he talks a bit about that in the film. I think again we're going to see that more in the extended version. But but that sense and and also that entrepreneurial motivation that that he learned here, I, I think that helped. But uh, yeah, he 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 became part of a big community. He has a lot of Canadian supporters both from the Niagara region, Hamilton. You know, at one point we met the uh, Cambridge uh, um, MP and she, she was discussing kind of her history with Alfonso and starting up the Cambridge Comic Arts Festival. I mean, this is a Mexican who came into Canada and started the Cambridge Comic Arts Festival. When I think of Cambridge... Or, or, you know, in, in the most stereotypical way, I think just a whole bunch of white guys, farmers that live out in, in Cambridge. And I, I, I don't care to say that. I can say that right now in front of you, in front of anybody, but it's not like that. Canada is a lot more diverse than we expected. And it's not just in the city. It's outside of the city. And it's, it's, it's fucking cool to see that.
0: Like it's really cool to see that. So that's awesome. That's awesome. And what I notice is like the, the, the community is a lot tighter. Then, uh, like, in terms of they support each other, they're rooming together, they're working together. Yep. Yeah. They're going out and partying after. Com- it- comic book embassy, perfect example. Right. These are people
1: who, who start a small office unit with, with a bunch of artists that just want to create. To me, it just seems like they don't even care about the, I mean, obviously they care about money, but that's not what drives them. The creational aspect of it drives them more than anything. And that's, that's just cool.
0: As a filmmaker, what do you think of the way that the funding mechanism is set up for filmmakers in Canada? Have you, what about the financing for the film? Have you struggled to get financing? Has it been easy? Um, like what, what Yeah, do you I think, think financing
1: is shit in Canada. Okay. Just like it is in the U.S. though. I don't think people, people. a lot of people say uh, Americans are more supportive. And we have a few artists that say that in the film too. I've, I've lived in the U.S. I have parents that live in Miami, so I get it. It's it, money's hard to get anywhere you go. And I've worked in sales. I, you know, I worked in other things. Like I, I, you guys might not know this about me, but I work in corporate travel. Okay. That's something nothing to do with filmmaking at all. However, I was just at a bunch of TIFF events and a bunch of other events. I, I my work pays for me to go to comment, the fan expo in order for me to, uh, uh, to, to find companies to work with. One of my clients, and I, I don't want to really say this, but they're a big, Time publisher, a big time comic book pub publisher, one of the main four to five companies that are out there. Okay, they're not the Marvel DC, but they're one of the ones just after that. So I'll, I'll leave it at that. Okay. <laughs> but they're one of my corporate clients for for corporate travel, and right. uh, I got that connection from just being at Fan Expo two years ago. And uh, you know I'm dealing with a bunch of other people this year that I just met with them. So. I have a, a business and sales background. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I worked for a company called Multiview a few years ago, where I was selling marketing and advertising for associations. So I get that aspect, you know, like it, it, of, of fundraising and, and fundraising. Like if you can sell, you can fundraise. And that's what it comes down to, to anybody. And for me, I've had to build partnerships with companies like Studio Comics, like Key West Video, I've had to convince them of, of a product that's worth selling and worth creating. And, you know, they see the vision and and yeah, I mean, I think it's going to be a very cool ride. And there's another partner that's also involved, like I mentioned, Zavash. He also helped finance a good part of the film so
0: are you doing any like community fundraising in terms of kickstarter or indiegogo or those sorts of things indiegogo uh we we
1: launched um we we definitely launched it. But it's still not over so if you can definitely help us out we we would love any kind of help it's more for post-production i uh, we had a, a bigger goal than we expected but whatever we get will definitely help the film help finish the film Uh, you know, and if not, I'm, I'm gonna look elsewhere as well to, to try and get, raise that extra capital. Uh, I'm usually good at that, but, uh, we've raised about 570 bucks right now. It's, uh, it's a small amount for post-production that we, we need to, to complete the film. And there's some really cool perks and prizes, like there's, uh, you know, like if you wanted to come see the film, now it's sold out. But there's, there's definitely that DVD copies, collector editions of the film. So yeah, I mean, if you're looking to purchase anything uh, with regards to uh, uh, the actual film itself, there's going to be a collector's edition with an extended version, some T-shirts, some cool uh, perks around that as well. Um, and you know, we'll we'll have we'll have like it signed by all the artists. So that that'll be really cool to have. You know, if you're looking to have something uh, personal
0: nice that's awesome I'll uh, I'll get people to go there yeah for sure um, you mentioned how you're pretty good at selling what is your strategy to getting people to invest and see the value of this film like what do you tell them for me it's really I created this film to help
1: promote artists in Canada in Toronto as best as I could while telling a story mm-hmm. and that's a big part of creating this film really for, for me and it's I find that the second I mentioned that to many of the artists that I'm I'm involved with, they're like, yeah, that's a cool idea. You know, we love the community, we love the artists. So I, I find that that in itself was a was a selling point to anybody that wanted to get involved. And uh, one of our biggest contributors, Studio Comics. Uh, it's Studio Comics Press so I should be saying that but they came on board because they they wanted to tell the story not only of themselves but also the the artists that they represent in Canada there's another guy by the name of his, uh, uh, Vin Vince Thompson who's uh, he, he runs a book called Vinny and Bud under the Studio Comics label but he's still his own independent artist right and and Studio Comics and it's funny because this guy like I said he's a, the owner is Mexican Canadian he supports Canadian artists like right guys who who were born here lived here their whole life and and he publishes his stuff for them. He, he runs a digital press. He, he manages to, he printed out my postcards for this. So he's helped us out on that, on that end. So there's a lot of different aspects to it. And Mike, Mike Ruth, for, uh, uh, who, who's also an artist that, you know, he's see, seen a lot of these events. He's one I know that we, we've interviewed him and, and he works with Alfonso printing, uh, printing specific books out. Even Richard Comley, I've seen talk to him, you know, from time to time about different books or different aspects of what they're featuring so you know it's really cool to see that I know Shane's even uh, collaborated with Alfonso once or twice at an event you know they've had booths shared booths together or something like that and you know Ty Templeton also involved so we get that aspect of that of their community more closer towards the end of the film but it's a nice build-up. So, I think viewers will definitely be uh, interested and, and intrigued once they see it.
0: Right. Have you ever tried to go to, like, Telefilm or the government for funding? Is that a different experience than private funding? So, yeah. One of our, one of the films I worked with a few years ago was called
1: AKP Job 27. Uh, it was pro- produced and directed by a guy named Mike Swan, who's also assisting in, in our film. And that was a Telefilm project. There's some really cool aspects about Telefilm. They help more from what, I, from what I've seen on the post-end Things they like to see a final product, uh, although they have also financed full feature films. I'm not sure how that process works because I haven't actually gone through that myself, so I, I don't want to say something I'm not sure about, right? right. <laughs> but I know for they, they do have like a post uh, production fund, and Mike's been involved with that. Uh, I was an acting producer on that, so my name's attached to that. So yeah, we were involved on the telefilm aspect to that specific film we might seek something after this is completed after we have a final product uh we might need to create that awareness and talk to telefilm on how we're going to you know do that so i know dan lyon is one of the, the main guys there who i've i've met a few times at the american film market uh, it's funny because you meet these guys in like another city right so
0: mm-hmm. and uh, yeah hopefully uh we can maybe get some some additional funding there like who knows right are you excited for the screening? The, the screening that's happening is the first time an audience has seen this, right? Yeah,
1: this is gonna be the first audience that sees this film. Um, I'm very excited. Uh, but at the same time, we're creating, uh, uh, we're we're gonna have like a, a panel after that's get, you know a quick Q and A about the film, but also uh, we're we're gonna give out ballots for for people to fill out or our audience to fill out to, to tell us what they thought about the film because we need as much feedback right now for that extended version of the film. Uh, we we want to get what people liked, didn't like, and uh, you know if we need to to cut around that a little bit more, we 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 may uh, not necessarily cut things out, but more uh you know make sense of certain certain scenes um and uh look I don't know if you've ever been to a test screening before but in, in LA for example there's tons of them even in Toronto I've been to one before uh they pretty much show you the entire film and there's very small aspects of the film that gets edited down. Uh, usually could be anywhere between like about a minute to 30 seconds that ends up actually getting cut from the film. Uh, you know, there's a survey that's done and they carefully know what scenes make sense or what, what don't like. I remember seeing inside man years ago that way in LA and here I saw some Sylvester Stallone movie like a few years ago at the AMC. Now the young and Dundas, uh, square theater there. Uh, but yeah, it's, it's the same type of thing. So it's, it's a test screening. And then, uh, it's it's pretty much gonna be polished to shit, and we're gonna have uh, a survey just on on what scenes like were you know people liked the most, what they didn't like, and we're gonna you know edit it
0: down that way. So that's awesome. It's so great that you're doing this. Uh, I, I I really appreciate it. Um, it was it was great having you in to to do this interview. I'm so glad that you came out, and I I, I highly recommend. People try to donate to the to the Indiegogo campaign and get their hands on this film any way that they can. Yeah, the, be- the best way they can go on there is if they go on to heroesmanufactured.com.
1: Okay. Uh, there's a link to buy tickets, which are now sold out. <laughs> but there's also a link to the Indiegogo there. It's in, in bright pink, so... Uh, pretty simple site you you can't miss it and that will connect you right to the indiegogo campaign and if you want to buy a copy of the film uh, like you know pre-order it or pre-order a blu-ray collector's edition or any other perks that are there Uh, there's even some perks with it where we we provide you with comic books and some additional like really really cool stuff uh, graded books and whatnot yeah check it out like i highly recommend go to heroesmanufactured.com
0: do you think After this film gets a wider release, like, and and more people see it, uh, are you going to do more films with the comic book industry? Yeah, you know what?
1: This film specifically, we were looking at possibly even doing as a trilogy, um, and we're not sure yet, but alfonso has another uh project that he's been looking to put together and we we might be collaborating with him it's pretty much uh how to do it yourself kind of comic teaching of some sort like some more like an instructional video on on how to create comics so it's uh that's gonna be a cool aspect that's gonna be something we're gonna delve into and it might be like kind of a, a side sequel to heroes manufactured where we're actually teaching people how to create comic books for the first time that'd be awesome and, and I, I think the name that he had originally was inside inside the panels and we might even incorporate that name with heroes manufactured as kind of like a subtitle so uh he he shot some footage but he needs he, he mentioned to me recently he needs someone to shoot some more and probably reshoot a lot of stuff so we're looking we're investigating that and that might be there might be a part two to this don't know yet but for now let's stick with the one and we'll see what happens so. as
0: far as the one goes, are you planning- on shopping it to f- festivals and getting wider distribution oh definitely film freeway is definitely the way that we're planning
1: to take it to but also through without a box We're we're a without a box and imdb partnered company the, f- through cineview film festival so i have that relationship with imdb for for a few years now so that's going to be pretty pretty good for us uh to shop it around the festival so yeah uh, and i kind of understand the way the festival market Works. Yeah, like the Hot
0: Dogs Film Festival seems like a perfect venue for
1: this. <clears throat> yeah, but you know what? The one, the one thing like uh, filmmakers always do, and, and I, it's like the one thing I hate to do. Uh, they'll create a film for one specific festival. It's the worst idea possible. Never do that. I, I will say hands down, oh, because I've owned the festival for five, six years, and and I know exactly what it's like you should never ever have that as your main goal It should not be a goal to create a film for one festival like i've had people i met oh i made this movie for tiff or i made this for hot dogs worst fucking idea you could ever do and i highly don't recommend you do that if you're gonna make a movie make it because you love the fucking subject make it because you love this idea make it make it because you love the the the, the people that you met in the film don't make it because of a festival it's just a horrible idea i just don't do it that's uh, <laughs> it's, it's horrible like I've been to Sundance I've been to a lot of big festivals globally even to Khan and it, it, like they're great events but if you want to get the kind of exposure festivals mean nothing I've seen movies that have made it big made money and have a huge uh, a huge liking to it whether it's critically acclaimed or not even that's bullshit. Uh, it might help get some more points and maybe you know grow some audience here or there. But if people like your movie or people like your story, they're gonna like your story whether you like it or not. Even Rotten Tomatoes, as much as yes, they're pretty accurate when it comes to their their grading of, of movies. At the end of the day. I've I've disagreed with Rotten Tomatoes a, a number of times. Like uh, there's there's movies that are great that you know uh The Room, for example. No, that's a horrible idea. But, <laughs> but, but, <laughs> but no, that's really a horrible idea. But no, there's so many movies out there that really are great and don't get the, uh, you know don't don't get the the proper review that they they're that that are needed. And some of them don't even go through Rotten Tomatoes or or through some of the main you know the main hubs out there that 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 review these or critics. So really, at the end of the day, you have to do it because you love the subject and because you're passionate about something. And if you know that's something you want to do and something you love or support, do it. Do it for yourself because you know you're going to grow an audience. That you know if you build it, they will come. I, I do believe in that, and
0: uh, it's one of those things that yeah. I mean, I think it's gonna it, we're gonna definitely make them come to our film. So that's awesome. Okay, man. Well, where can people find you on social media if they want to get in touch? Uh yeah, Facebook, Twitter a lot lately. Like we're we've I've got two accounts
1: on Twitter. So uh there's Heroes M F G. Uh that's one of my accounts. And then there's M uh M I F F E S T. So MythFest. So at MythFest or at Heroes M F G. And um yeah, th- th- those are the like the two on Twitter. Uh, Facebook, uh, just just look up Heroes Manufactured. You'll find us everywhere. Uh, you can check me out as well. You're on Batan on Facebook. I'll, I'll,
0: I'll friend you. That's awesome. Thank you so much for coming in. And I, I look forward to seeing your film and I hope it does really well. Thanks for having me here. I appreciate it. All right. See you later. Take care. And see you next time on Speech Bubble.